Gay Savvy. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Gay Savvy. This week, we've got three of us. There's two of us here at the moment. It is Michael James and John joins us again this week. Hello, John. How are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you? I am wonderful. I will promise not to shamelessly flirt with your accent this week, as your friends so delicately put it. That was my partner's uh, stepmother who pointed out that you apparently shamelessly flirted with me, but I don't mind too much. bless her. I don't blame you. Uh, So I was only flirting with the accent, really. Oh, yeah. It's just the accent, isn't it? It's It's not the body or the charm or the intellect just the accent yeah all of those things you know married man it's just, just the accent it's all right but everybody else loves the accent i'm sure and uh, you can actually go and listen to more of your accent from last week because we've got our podcast working and you're online now i am very excited by that not only did i listen to it today at work to hear myself i also had a friend with me and have been tweeting and facebooking about it ridiculously so everybody who is out there and listening now should also tune in um online for the podcast michael will have the details but check out that link because it was a pretty informative and fun show if it, i say so myself it was amazing so you can just go to itunes and just search gay savvy it's like the only podcast called gay savvy there it's wonderful yeah it's not very difficult to find itunes search gay savvy it's pretty easy love it love it well we're gonna make an equally amazing episode this week uh we've got so much to talk about and i know that you're quite passionate about some of the things uh so we got some nice light and touching things uh, ellen page's coming out speech did that take you by surprise um it didn't especially it's not as if i thought to myself i bet ellen page is a lesbian but um when i heard it i thought oh that's relatively unsurprising um what was more interesting to me about that was not only obviously the beauty of her sentiment and her lovely words um and the kind of heartfelt message behind her media image um, and what that means for her career and her sexuality but also um the fact that there was i will need to look up the details but some um some company, some magazine company had been criticizing her quite heavily for how she dressed and referred to her as a man. And as soon as she came out, that that was removed. Um, and there was a little bit of uh, kind of controversy about why this Entertainment Weekly, I think it was, had, had that removed as soon as she came out. So that might be interesting to look at later. Those bitches. Well, we'll cover that uh, and the rest of her amazing and touching speech. We've also got uh, the Risen Pride Festival AGM results are in uh, that happened this week. Uh, some interesting changes to Facebook's gender options, uh, which you're going to help fill us in on there. Say, uh, so American Idol has got its first openly gay contestant in 13 seasons i heard that this week and it's interesting because um i talked to my partner about this and he said oh really you know there's there's been gay ones before there's been adam lambert and yeah but you know the point is they're out before they make the final cut and it's very much like the um the chat we spoke about last week with the the rugby um the afl wasn't it in america um he you know has uh stated his sexuality publicly before his career has hit it big so everything beyond that is going to be a definitive statement you know success or failure is going to be potentially based on sexuality so that's a big deal yeah i think it's great uh so it's gonna be very very interesting i'll have a look at that particularly because the first openly gay contestant isn't a man um now i've got a Really, actually, close to home. There's a we'll follow up an, a homophobic response to a birthday party invitation, which really tied into something um, slightly traumatic that happened for me this week. We'll uh, get to that. Uh, more bad stuff is happening in Nigeria, and uh, well, last week we talked about uh, Fred Niles, who we'd love, and we kind of alternate. It's like one week it's Fred Niles, this week it's Bernie Gaynor. He's back again, and you are so upset with Bernie Gaynor. 
I'm not very pleased with him at all, and we will consider why later, but I read an article today um, at work that you sent to me, and, you know, I got very irate. I might, I mean impassioned, impassioned, but I was not happy, and we'll be discussing that later as well. Absolutely, and we may have time to put in lots more funsies, but before we get to the funsies, we've got to get to the musics. So we're going to kick off tonight with Adam Lambert's What Do You Want From Me? And when we come back, the gorgeous and vivacious cat is going to be with us as well. Stay tuned for more amazing gay savvy here at The Switch. Uh, you're listening to Gay Savvy. I'm Nathan Hudson. And welcome back to Gay Savvy. We have everybody in the studio tonight. It's Kat. She's here now. I'm here. Oh, listen. You can stop panicking. I'm here. Listen to that sultry voice. <laughs> have you missed me? Oh, we did. You were late. We got lost. Oh, tragedy. <laughs> tragedy. Well, now you've met John and we're all, we've all met and we're together and we're friends. Um, and... It's a perfect fit, really, that we've got you in here now because the next one is slightly lesbianic, mm. slightly up your alley. <laughs> slightly. Dirty jokes to go with there. but uh, <laughs> Write your own jokes. For those of us who were out and about in the world on the internet this week, we would have seen... Um, What's... Something's going on. What's going on there? Michael... I, I, I think the studio needs an exorcism. That was we have my laptop as I was trying to read an article about what we're going to be discussing and it started playing a random ad in the background. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the internet and I'm very sorry for the interruption. Let's return to our story on Ellen Page. <laughs> I hate who how... I was just reading about legit. I hate how internets do that. It's awful. Damn internets. Damn internet stays bad. Um, but yeah, long and the short of it, she was uh, giving a speech uh, last week and she was actually, it was at a gay youth event, something like that, Time to Thrive. Um, and she came out and she was like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Mm. And some people, I've read some of the commentary was like, well, uh, apparently a lot of people, the rumours have been swirling around her for years. I was like, I never heard that one. I didn't know. No, but then we surprised either. Oh, I kind of went, yeah, okay. Yeah, by that. Okay, cool, good. Move, yeah, like, yeah, but it, it's not a shock, I don't think, does, many did your, people. Do, do girls have a good gaydar? <laughs> like, guys, we can gaydar eyes pretty well. Do, yeah, does, does I, it, well, I like to think I do. Yeah, did you did it? And I am not surprised. Like the metal detector go off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. You mm. know, maybe I don't remember consciously having that thought, like, oh, she's so gay. It's just that when, when this came out, when these stories... Um, so I'd been written about how she'd come out at this conference. I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. And John, were you sitting there going, she's totes a lesbian? Oh, uh, look, to be honest, it never really concerned me. If anybody has seen her performance in Hard Candy, then we all know that she's a phenomenal actress and that is what needs to be the priority, I think. Oh my God, That was a yes. good film. Yeah, that oh, was, she was really good that in that. That is one of my favourites. I, I love you both even more knowing that you've seen that film <laughs> because yeah. not many people have and that just... It stirred something in my brain that's never been fixed since. <laughs> I loved it. I don't yeah. want to go off topic, but um, I didn't really rate Patrick Wilson after Phantom of the Opera or Angels in America, but his performance in Hard Candy alongside her was phenomenal. Um, I say that it's unimportant because she is an actress and that is her craft, but the fact is she is also a celebrity and she has chosen to take this particular stand and to choose this moment um, to tell the world that she is sick of, as she put it, lying by omission, um, which I yes. think was a very interesting phrase. Mm. 
Yeah, that's what a lot of them do. And it's like, you know, you've got people like, I think it was Jodie Foster. and Was it Jodie Foster? Yeah, Jodie Foster took yeah. forever to come out. Yeah, and it was always that omission that, well, mm. and, and for a lot of them, it was like, well, I don't need to say it. Like, mm. you know, everybody knows really anyway. Um, but she was really important, I think, for her. She talked to about, you know, being that role model for young people and being able to go, hey, you know what? Guess what? I'm a lesbian and that's fine. And now, you know, let's move on. Um, and you mentioned some correlation between this yes. and X-Men, which I hadn't thought of. I mean, you said it two seconds uh, ago and it and it's all just struck me. Yeah, her role in X-Men, I thought uh, it's it like it like parallels a, a, a you know a young gay person's journey. She was she felt cursed by this thing where you know she was a danger to those around her and she felt like she needed to hide it. She wanted to get rid of it, you know, and you know it was there for everybody to see. She had you know, that streak in her hair, and then there was a cure available for it. And while everybody else was accepting who they were, she was going. And I think she actually ended up getting it, didn't she? In the third movie, um, maybe she or second, she went and actually got the cure, or she almost did. Mm. I think, I mean, X-Men in general is a very interesting example because particularly in the third film, the entire um, metaphor of mutants being against humans seems to uh, reflect the gay struggle. Um, You know, Mm. people who have some point of possible discernible difference, but what binds them is the shreds of humanity that the, the mobs that are rejecting them don't prioritize um and so actors like ellen page and ian mckellen are obviously very kind of obvious standpoints for that metaphor but i think x-men as a whole um as a kind of brand really uh kind of reflects and encourages that sort of tolerance that ellen page is looking for so the whole band um of issues is very interestingly tied up with her and you're absolutely right it's an interesting way of looking at it um something that interested me about this story was that um E! Entertainment in America had a story up about the way Ellen Page dresses and they took it down after she came out. This was um, the article I was actually looking for earlier. And the way that um, it had been written was, we're starting to wonder if the former Juno star is actually homeless. Obviously, that's not the case, but why does the petite beauty insist upon dressing like a massive man? If this is an attempt at going incognito, it's not working. And if things are so bad on the film front that she's resorting to Salvation Army style clothes, please tell us how we can help. We'd love to give her a makeover. Um, Oh my God. Yeah, I thought that was very inappropriate, but they took it down after she came out and I thought, okay, so do you equate poor dressing with lesbians and you're now worried that lesbians are going to be offended by that not that your bullying culture in general is appalling. And it got me thinking about what we were discussing last week with um, the the very tragic case of the boy in America who liked My Little Pony and tried to kill himself as a result of bullying. And we talked about how gender stereotypes seem to be progressing in the adult world, but perhaps not so much in the child's or the playground or the school world. And evidently, in the adult world too, bullying is still, on a national, global um, media scale, still very occurrent. And that is just disgusting in my view. Mm. Absolutely. I had no idea that story was even there. Yeah, I I hadn't seen that. But... The answer is yes. They they do equate her her dressing with uh, homeless people. Awful. It's awful. Just or lesbians. Or lesbians. You're yeah. either homeless or Or lesbians lesbian. dress like homeless people. <laughs> or like men. I mean, how, how are these things even decided? How do they come up with equating homeless people to men, to women dressing like men, to lesbians? It all just seems to be focused on negative discrimination. Oh, uh. yeah, you're right. They're just bullying. Uh, absolutely. Well, I think that she's amazing and I think that she did a great speech and she's going to do more amazing things. And really, 
Hopefully, we're going to continue focusing on her actors, uh, her acting, and she's going to pull off an Academy Awards soon. And we've got a really fitting song to take us out from that little article. Um, I haven't played any of this lady on the Switch for ages and ages, even though Spence will try and tell me that I did. Uh, so I'm going to give us a little bit of Vanessa Amorossi with her song, Perfect, here at Gay Savvy. And that was a bit of a, uh, was that a 90s flashback, I think, there, <laughs> with uh, some Vertical Horizon, everything you want. And before that, we had uh, Vanessa Amorossi's Perfect here at Gay Savvy with Michael James, John and Kat. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, the newest Gay Ellen. Now, we've got two Gay Ellens. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and uh, we're moving on to another Another kid's story. Last week we had a a, a very sad story about young uh, Michael and his uh, love of My Little Ponies. Um, but we found this one this week about a birthday party. Now, you guys have seen this invitation, yes? Yes. 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 Initial reactions? Well, firstly, you should probably describe it. Uh, yeah. It's uh, You are invited to Sophia's birthday. Yes, and it looks so cute. It's a tie-dye party. It's a tie-dye party. So it's all rainbow colours, rainbow T-shirts, you know, tie-dye. And it says to RSVP. And so written on the back of the invitation is an RSVP from one of the kids' parents saying that Tommy will not, it's underlined and in capitals, attend. I do not believe in what you do and will not subject my innocent son to your lifestyle. I'm sorry Sophia has to grow up this way if you have an issue or need to speak to me and then the phone number. Wow. <laughs> wow. Who does that to a child? I, I know. Like, they're children and Tommy wants to go to Sophie's birthday party. Who gives a shit what her parents are doing? I actually had um, a bit of a mixed reaction to this, uh, to this particular story because on the one hand, I disagree so vehemently with her right-wing values, but... I think that it's very easy to jump on the bandwagon of, oh, you know, gay people have rights. What is your problem? Blah, 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 blah. And, there, you know, there, to, to create this outcry around circumstances like this that happen or events like this that happen when people don't agree with other people's actions. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this is completely wrong, 100%. What she's saying is wrong. But if we start to discriminate against other political viewpoints, then our whole problem is about discrimination. So I think it's important to be tolerant and accepting of other people's viewpoints. What bothered me about this wasn't what she had to say as a parent. It's how she said it. She wrote that message back on the, on the invitation itself. So this represents the sweetness and innocence of Sophia's seventh birthday. And she wrote that on the child's invitation, which is just so personal and so vile and so rejectionary, not of oh, look, I love the gay couple, but I of love the child. How passionate you get about <laughs> this. It's like, oh, but you're so right. And um, so, sort of paraphrase what you're saying there, I think it is right. Like, yes, they can object to it. You know, we can't make people say, yes, gay is okay. And at, at some point, people are going to be like, look, we're not comfortable with it. And all they need to do is say, no, we're not attending. And off they go. Yeah. I almost felt like there was going to be a kicker to this in that perhaps uh, Sophia's parents weren't gay and it was just a tie-dye party. Like, you know, there's nothing on the invitation to suggest it's going to be a gay party or gay-themed or... I mean, there are rainbows. That's that's yeah. that's nothing. And that's supposed to go to the point. They're not saying like, come, you know, Scotty and John are inviting you to come. Yeah. Or anything like this, that. This she possibly knows. has nothing to do with that, and it's just about Sophia and her birthday. And so, for that reason, 
you know, it almost would have been wonderful if the parents weren't gay and yeah. she'd made a terrible mistake. Uh, but they are in this case. But I think that highlights the fact that it the, the she might not like their lifestyle, but what does she have against Sophia? Yeah, exactly. The kid and, and, and who... Sophia's got a friend. Like, yeah. Sophia's friend be over there. You keep your opinion to yourself. Let your son go over. And, you know, you don't have to come and see the dads. So it's fine. Mm. You know, let the kids do their thing. Have your opinion. Stay there or just say no. Um, but I said that was close to home for me because I literally had something similar happen this week. Um, I picked up my son Flash from, from school the other day and he's been making some new friends, which has been great. And he's made one new friend um, and uh, he, he wanted to go over to, to his, his friend's place. And we'll call his friend Scott. So he wanted to go over to Scott's place and they've been talking and, you know, he's this whole, like, it's a play date and I'm so excited for him. It's this brand new school. And we were in the car and he's, Scott's got divorced parents, so one lot of parents here, one lot over there. And he said, oh, I, I still want to go over to Scott's soon, uh, but we can't do this weekend um, because uh, Scott's staying at his dad's this weekend and his dad's house is really boring and his dad doesn't like gay people and they don't really do much at their house and they just sit around and just like eat tomatoes out on the back deck. Um, and yeah, so I don't want to go this weekend um, or I can't go, sorry, this weekend. And oh I, no! Did that just gut you? I I was I was driving at the time, and I just look. I had sunglasses on, thankfully, but I just sort of stopped, and I just said, "Sorry, darling, what did you say in the middle there uh, about his dad?" He said, "Oh, his dad doesn't like gay people." Um, and I said, "Okay, um, all right." And he said, "Oh, that's not going to affect our friendship, is it?" And I just said, no, 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 not at all, sweetheart. Um, and I just took a moment um, and I was like, shit. And it was interesting because his, his, um, his, his father had uh, had actually come up and introduced him to both himself, to myself and my partner at a school function the other night. And his father was very friendly and had given me his phone number and said, we'll organize a play date and everything. Mm. Um, and so I was, I was trying to piece this puzzle together whilst being gutted um and so flash sort of looked at me he's like it's all right i can you know i'll go to his mum's place his mum loves everybody so that's fine um, <laughs> oh. and i was just like absolutely i just could not understand um so I, I got home and i sort of thought well you know what do you do what do i do what am i supposed to do like send him a message and be like hey so what your children have said um but instead i just shot him a message and we hadn't communicated since then and i was like oh hey um, uh, lovely to meet you the other night. Thanks for making friends. Uh, look, the the boys have been showing each other's ear off about coming over for a play date. Um, are you still keen to do that anytime soon? And he messaged back straight away. I was like, yeah, um, this Saturday is great. You know, I'll come pick him up at 10 o'clock, um, bring his bike and then go ride bikes. And I was like, okay, good. So I don't know what happened there, but mm. it was a really daunting moment, like Sophia's thing there. Um, and I think it raised an interesting point about what you guys were just saying before. Maybe, obviously, he's said something and his son has maybe overheard it. Mm-hmm. And his son, because children do that. They overhear and they repeat and they paraphrase and they say things out of context. His son's overheard something. He said it. He said it to my son and it's come around like that. Um, or maybe he really doesn't like gay people, but he's um, human enough, like you guys were saying, to go, well, the kids want to play. And to put his Great. son first in that situation because his son has a friend that he actively wants to play with regardless of you know his father's personal views on... Um, on Gordon's parenting. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
yeah, I just thought that was interesting um, for me. And yeah, I mean, this is exactly it in this invite. You know, the way that the mother here has phrased it is, I'm sorry, Sophia has to grow up this way. Well, grow up what way? You know, grow up with discriminatory parents like you who are going to keep her children from making friends with this child. It's you who is causing Sophia damage, not the gay dads. So obviously, you know, like you said, it's it's very big of this dad, you know, if if he's fostering and encouraging this friendship between between his son and yours. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, I think it's yeah, it's it's interesting. I'll have to keep you guys updated on how it goes. You know, the the play date is is ready to go for this weekend, so we'll have to see mm, how keep that us informed. eventuates. But uh, if you guys are listening out there, at any time you can call into the show. Uh, we've got a phone number is three double two one zero one nine seven. That's if you're listening to us live. Or you can jump on Twitter at any time and tweet us at Gay Savvy, and we can tweet you back uh, about any questions or concerns. If you've had any, you know, any opinions that you want to say on our articles that we're covering, um, I love hearing from more gay parents when we talk about gay parenting stuff. Funnily enough, uh, so love to hear your opinions. Uh, but we will be uh, back with some more stories soon. Um, but we've got to go to some music first. I do love a bit of music. And uh, this is from someone that you will know, Mr. John. Oh. Um, yes, yes. He is a British artist okay. uh, from way back. He's a real- former reality TV contestant uh, and winner. His name is Will Young. Oh, I his- love Will Young. He- <laughs> oh, he's wonderful, yeah. He's a very he credible is. artist. And this is his song, Switch It On, here at Gay Savvy. And that's... Some more Spice Girls here at the Gay Savvy. I'll promise to stop flashing back to the 90s. I promise. No, don't. Don't stop. We love the 90s. I know. All the greatest and latest 90s hits in now. (laughs) (laughs) That was their... uh, It was like their Get Back to Single... Together single they did. From the, you know, album-y, thing-y, something when they all got back to it a few years ago and we hoped they were coming to Australia. They broke my hearts then. They said they were touring back to Australia you had to go in a drawer to be in the chance to get tickets or something. And we went in that drawer and we got selected for the next part to go in the next drawer to possibly be able to buy tickets. And they never came. I'm starting to understand the ACL's problem, to be honest, after <gasps> that story. <laughs> <laughs> How very dare you. Well, we've got to, we, speaking of which, after uh, our eight o'clock break, we're going to come back and we have a special guest, uh, Jake Harrison from My Kitchen Rules uh, fame, is going to join us uh, live via phone uh, to chat about his latest poster, which may get the ire of the Australian Christian lobby. Uh, We've put up the link on our Facebook page already. If you want to go and check it out, get yourself prepared. He's getting a little racy with another man on the beach. So he's going to tell us all about that when we come back. But first, there's another man that's getting you all racy and hot under the collar. John? Oh, yes. Um... So there is a story at the moment going around because the rainbow is apparently entering the Australian War Memorial, which some of you may know is located in Melbourne. Um, and which is lovely. Bernie Gaynor, everybody's favourite with a hilarious surname, um, <laughs> has got a problem because he finds it disgraceful and offensive that ADF participation in the Mardi Gras is now worthy of a place alongside galleries devoted to deeds of valour in Flanders, Tobruk and Vietnam. The names of those killed fighting for this country now share a space with tributes exalting those who pranced down Oxford Street. Um, So his problem is that obviously the War Memorial is recognising the contribution of gay people to, to the war effort, I believe. That's ridiculous. Gay people have never served in the army before. 
ever. <laughs> well, they haven't been allowed to, have they? So of don't ask, not. don't tell. There was no gay people ever served in World War One or Two or Vietnam or ever anywhere. To be honest, I just find the way his objections are phrased disgusting. Um, deeds of valor in Flanders and Vietnam. Deeds of valor as opposed to being gay. So gay people didn't die in the fields of Flanders in World War One. There were no gay men there. They didn't die in World War Two or Vietnam. You know, they they sat at home or they pranced down Oxford Street while everybody else was off fighting. The idea that those two things are are even comparable as as extreme opposites, you know, having valor and love and compassion for your country and being gay, it, they they're not even related. Oh yeah. He has been absolutely unrepentant in his absolute uh, attack on anything to do with the uh, Australian Defence Force being involved with Mardi Gras. He is just... Uh, he is on a rampage. He thinks that it is vile, offensive, uh, sexualized orgy, basically. Um, and there's no place in there and that we are destroying the ADF. He is regularly attacking um, one of the, the current um, spotlights that is on a ADF member who is uh, a trans woman. Um, and he has been openly attacking her. Uh, also recently attacking feminists um, because feminism is now dead because one of the top 20 feminists they named for the year for 2013 was said trans woman uh, who he calls regularly a man. Um, That's just disgusting. And it's just so uh, blatantly incorrect. You know, all, all his um, thoughts on this is, is, yeah, it obviously doesn't match up. And, and he going on about... Uh, the place of these people in in the military is is funny considering he's no longer <laughs> in the military in the military because they asked him to leave because he's a horrible person. <laughs> so so yeah, I, absolutely. And I think uh, to take the positive out of the article, I suppose I didn't read this anywhere else except for the fact that I asked, that I um I follow him on on Facebook because he's such a nutbag. Um, and until then, I didn't know that they were going to be putting up uh, images of uh, ADF personnel in the Mardi Gras in the Australian War Memorial, which I think is fantastic. Mm. Thank you for your information, Bernie Gaynor. <laughs> I appreciate knowing about this, thanks to you. Um, but I genuinely think that to refer to to this situation as an attack on the free practice of religious belief, which is what he's called it, is just, just so not what is happening. Um, the, these concepts between being gay, being in the army and religious beliefs just seem so disparate to me that I don't understand why this cloud of hate seems to always focus back and zone back in on the contribution and existence of gay people in the world. It's all about gay people for him. Him and I actually had a conversation on this very show uh, where he basically sat and told me that I wasn't entitled to be a teacher in a Catholic school because I was gay. Um yeah, that, and he, that was part of where he came to prominence and why part of the reason why he's now being ex removed from the army is the things that he spoke up about that. As an educational professional, that is personally upsetting. Yes, mm. yes. But uh, you handled it very well, I remember. <laughs> you, ha you handled it very well. You catch more flies with honey than vinegar. <laughs> That's your motto, right, Michael? I like that, I like that. <laughs> I, I try and be nice even when I have offensive subjects. Um, but again, you're right, it's wrong for him to connect it. You could very well be Catholic. Exactly. It, they're not two things that are mutually exclusive. Mm, indeed, but you know, apparently, still there is no place for the for the gays. In oh no, the it's schools. it's there is a place. You know, in in terms of the army, you know, we can we can lay down our lives and we can fight for our country. We just can't be recognised or acknowledged for doing so, like everybody else yes. who is is being commemorated. And we can't go and do it in Mardi Gras. No, no well, no, no. That, sh that should not be allowed. Apparently, 
Um, Taking pride in various life choices, you know, like it's ridiculous. And it's interesting his perception on Mardi Gras, and that's what really gets his goat. He goes and he finds all the pictures, and he loves to make collages of pictures. The amount of time this man spends looking at pictures of naked men's bottoms is phenomenal. (laughs) He takes them and he photoshops them together so he can give us little collages of how awful and sordid Mardi Gras is because there are bottoms. And there are people shaking their naked bottoms together and touching each other's bottoms. And sometimes there are bare naked breasts. And there should not be any um, bottoms and breasts associated with the ADF. Michael, um, collage and decoupage are well known for being very masculine uh, activities in our world. And I just think (laughs) that you need to lay off Bernie for what he enjoys in his spare time. If scrapbooking is his thing, you know, <laughs> let him go. Oh, he he would make a good scrapbooker. Maybe that's what he should do. It's up there, man. Soccer, boxing, you know, scrapbooking. Mm. Oh, he loves it. And he's, I mean, him and Fred Niles are totes down with the photoshops now. Like, they're just all over this stuff. Um, but we haven't seen anything from Fred Niles this week. It's like he went quiet. Well, look, maybe they can get with the times technologically, but perhaps not, you know, politically in terms of the real world. Yes, yeah. Well, we'll see what uh, what else is to come for uh, for Bernie Gaynor. Um, Just quickly, before we go to another song, Michael, because right. I feel that's the way that you're going, I think we did want to mention that we uh, talked about that birthday party invitation just before. Yes, I would like you to clarify this. So me, just, just very briefly, yeah, we, we weren't aware that that was a hoax. That's just um, come out as a hoax because it was on a radio program in the US and the hosts of the radio program have since said uh, on their Facebook that we apologise. We made up the invitation and we, we put it up there to stir a bit of controversy to get a, a talk going on this topic. Which they have obviously achieved. We are talking about, you know, gay parents. And even though that specific situation may not have been true, Michael had a relatable story from the last week. So obviously it's an issue that is prevalent and needs to be discussed, even if that perhaps wasn't, you know, the best way to go about addressing it. Absolutely. And <laughs> my story was real, but yeah, we found out off air that, uh, yeah, that was actually the was a hoax and the invitation wasn't real. Um, but my story was. And so I suppose thank them for putting out the hoax anyway because that was their intention. They wanted to raise the awareness for the issue and have something mm. to talk about with their listeners and engage. Got their listeners engaged. From that radio station all over there, it had people over in this country talking about it. So I think that is um, a big bonus for uh, actually you know, raising awareness around important topics anyway. So uh, we are going to flick to some songs very shortly. We're going to have our 8 o'clock messages and we're going to come back with uh, an interview after 8 o'clock with Jake Harrison. I almost said a different last name. Jake Harrison from My Kitchen Rules. Uh, but first, a little bit of Sarah De Bonos from, uh with Beautiful. And welcome back to Gay Savvy. Now, we've got a very special guest on the line with uh, what is... Uh, Possibly a breaking story by the sounds of it. We've got Jake Harrison, uh, former My Kitchen Rules contestant and now uh, poster boy in Brisbane uh, that is causing a little bit of controversy. Jake Harrison, how are you? Very, very well. How are you? I am wonderful. Jake, you're here with uh, John and Kat as well. Say hello, John and Kat. Hi, hello, Jake. John and Kat. <laughs> hello, how are we all? Good. We're good. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm a little bit annoyed right now, but, you know, yeah, no. it's, um, it's Brisbane City. They haven't heard and... all of the goss then. Now, we were just having... Oh, you haven't heard the goss. Yeah, so I'm going to contextualise this a little bit, and then you're going to fill me in from here. So there's a stunning poster that I saw of two gorgeous men, and they are 
Oh, stop. They are in their speedos. They are in the surf and they are embraced in a passionate embrace and they are giving a bit of a snog. And one of those men is you. And those posters are there to promote the Brisbane Queer Film Festival. Now, I was so excited that these were going up. Now, Jake, take the rest of the story from here for me because as far as I'm aware, they were going up like at this week, today, sometime very soon. What's going on? Yeah, they were scheduled to go up today, but unfortunately, um, one of the members for the Brisbane City Council, uh, which I'm trying to find out her name right now, because I did repost it, and um, she has deemed the posters unfit for unfit for uh, for Brisbane, uh, for the people of Brisbane, pretty much. So she's actually stopped the program um, from being um, from being marketed in 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 Brisbane City Council. So she's actually stopped all of the Brisbane Queer Film Festival posters, and um, it's absolutely just bloody immature. It's just so just um i don't know it's just demeaning it's it's like the friendliest queer film festival in like australia it's the funnest it's um it not only attracts um queer people or homosexuals of of brisbane but it also attracts families and heterosexual people because it is a fun amazing event and we have an international segment this year uh, full of international films um, from uh, South America all the way to Spain. It's absolutely incredible this year. And um, Troy Armstrong, who's the curator, has done such an amazing job to get this out there. And, um, of course, one person sitting in council has decided to just cancel the whole the whole marketing thing. That is uh, absolutely um, I don't know. crazy. It's, just, it's, like, it's um, very I over just, the top. It's like it's... it's, it's it is, it is. It's and over the top. She's making a, mole, a mountain out of this molehill because it's the same thing that happened with, um, with the Rip and Roll campaign. That actually got to air and then, and then was, was um, cancelled. But, um, but unfortunately, um, ours didn't even make it onto the, um, onto the showreel at all. That's and can I just add, too, it's not as though it's just two naked men for the sake of two naked men to, to you know, titillate or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're, you're taking... Um, it's parodying classic films, right? And this particular shot is um, from Here to Eternity. Exactly. So it's so, so it's a famous shot um, of of a heterosexual couple kissing on the beach. And queer film festival, of course, we queered that up. So there's just myself and a good friend of mine, Gregory Dunn, um, and and we and we're just mimicking that shot. Like it's not like it's it's not like we're um, naked or it's not like we there's a there's a slogan or there's a tagline or there's a sexual. You, you're not um, holding a condom, God forbid. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's it's just it's art. Like you know, it's just nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's interesting you, you call know, it art because nothing... um, if you actually, if anyone's seen the image, which now probably most of you won't, although it is available on the internet. It's actually a really beautiful, delicate, um, uh, very uh, tasteful art shot. You know, I think a lot of people would have that kind of... It's an expression of love. Um, th- that's, that's what it is. And it, and it refers to such a universal um, emotion that has been represented very one-dimensionally on film and then queered once again for this marketing campaign. So it's a very clever strategy that's been employed and it's a very... Um, kind of blank, uh, simple mindset that looks at that and says, oh, you know, gay, adverse effects on children, take it down. Because that's not what is actually happening here yeah. at all. Yeah. 
Now, that's an interesting no, question there, Jake. Exactly. Um, was there a specific set of reasons uh, that, that have been given for this to go down? Was it, you know, because it's gay, because it's offensive, because it's sexual? What was their specific reasoning? They didn't give a specific reason. I just think it was they, they just deemed it I- inappropriate for um, for the people of Brisbane. That and is... it's just literally one person's one person's opinion, um, and she doesn't like it, uh, and she just doesn't want anything. She just doesn't. I don't know. She just is it's annoying me at the moment. Now, and um, this affects because sorry, uh, well, it's not only affects. Is it the, Brisbane, just the billboards? Affects, you know, the marketing. It's so. I mean, so like the programs and things. Will they be able to? Billboards. So no billboards, programs no posters. No billboards, no posters. I mean, the, the um, powerhouse um, solely can can promote its own way, but it can't promote outside of the powerhouse with, with these posters. Oh, you so know, kinda, I've got so many um, ideas of what we can do here. Oh, oh God, so many. Dis- We've already pissed off Steve to council. I don't think we want to piss off the rest of Australia. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yes, he does. Well, you said yourself, it's one woman sitting in an office feeling irate. We discussed the same issue exactly. last week when we were talking about, you know, um, what's appropriate content to be seen on, on billboards. And it was a tiny minority percentage who had a problem with it. Less mm. than 1% of Queenslanders. Mm. And yet that was enough exactly. for resources and funding to go into having um, like, the rip and roll campaign cancelled. Mm, and I would completely understand if it was um, two men naked or, you know, in a really sexual position or something that was a bit inappropriate. But this is Romantic. well thought out. It's tasteful. Yeah, it is. It's just it's just having a bit of fun with like a parody of, of some famous films. And, of course, Brisbane is just so behind and it's <sighs> so up themselves and they can't bloody just let something go. They have to always put in the red tape. All right, Jake, so my, my, next question, my next question is going to be, have you cultivated a plan yet of where to from here? What are you going to do? What can we do to help you get it back up? Have we got a plan of action yet? Uh, I think we just need to start sharing the poster around. It's it's on my Facebook page, and if some if if, if we start getting a little bit of, of an uproar, I think um, just share the um, share the poster that's on my Facebook page and and see what happens from there. I mean, like I'll be um, I'll, I'll definitely be hounding on Channel 7's bloody door to try and get them. Are they good friends of yours? Aren't they? <laughs> oh, this labour orientated. It's not even funny. So I don't think they're going to help us out there. Um. So it's just it's just bloody ridiculous this whole thing i think everyone just needs to grow up all right well that is uh, a really really that's interesting story jake so um we are going to get mm. on to that and we're that gonna... just happened literally like four hours ago so we are well I mean, this is breaking news this is an exclusive exclusive on guys <laughs> i love it up to the minute up to the minute now jake um we are going to get all up in this for you um uh, so we've got three mm, of us here do. with our, our social media accounts it's going to go up on the Gay Savvy uh, Facebook page. We're going to get it out as far and wide as we possibly can. So uh, hopefully we can, we can see it there. And in the meantime, let's remember uh, that regardless of whether it gets up, make sure you get your asses along to the Queer Film Festival, um, which is going to be yeah. amazing. Absolutely, 28th of yeah, March. It, it's launching on the 28th of March. Oh, I love your work. You're already <laughs> on to it. <laughs> All over it. <laughs> And don't forget to book your tickets for the camp out, which I will be cooking a beautiful hot breakfast for your 12-hour marathon. So delish, delish, delish. Will you be doing it in your Speedos? I'm going to be working at that, so I actually hope that you are based on that picture. (laughs) (laughs) 
think I've let loose in that photo. So that we know the shirts will remain on. Thank you. Ah, I love it. Well, look, Jake, stay on the line for us, um, and we're gonna have a quick chat. Welcome back to Gay Savvy. Now that was a fantastic interview we just had with the wonderful Jake Harrison from My Kitchen Rules, and now infamous already uh, Brisbane poster boy. Um, we're all actually frantically busy getting on the facial books right now, and we are getting Jake's poster out there. Um, so if you can use spot on our Facebook, any others, get out there, start sharing it around, uh, make it your your cover photo, whatever you like, and let people know that um, this is disgraceful. This uh, picture will not go unseen by Brisbane. Even if it's via social media, we will get it out there. Yes, absolutely. It is just absolutely remarkable. Uh, another another furore, another shenanigans around homosexuals touching each other in public. How awful could that be? I just... Uh, gets my blood boiling. <laughs> Kat has actually got some great stuff for us. She went to see a movie this week. She's going to tell us a lot about it. It's absolutely lesbianic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take it away. Yes, well, talking about queer film, the reason I wasn't with you guys last week is because I went to the Australian, or the Brisbane premiere, I should say, of Blue is the Warmest Colour, which you guys might have heard of by now. Uh, it won the Palm d'Or at Cannes last year. Uh, but it also caused a bit of controversy because it is a lesbian... Well, the story focuses on a lesbian... Not lesbians. ...relationship. Um, and not only that, but it does have some very explicit sex scenes that have, have caused some controversy. And then uh, the, the actual actresses themselves have come out to say some things. So I'm going to talk about it in two parts. I'll talk about the film firstly and what I thought of it. And then I'll explain some of the things that have gone on since its release um, and why that might be important. But... Firstly, um, it's the director is Abdel Latif uh, Kishish. Uh, he's a, t- a French Tunisian director. Uh, he's done a few things um, t- to date that are, have all been pretty well acclaimed. He has focused this film around two French actresses, Leah Sado and Adele Exarchopoulos. Uh, Adele Exarchopoulos being the main character, and she's really, really brilliant. She's done a really good job. Um, they, they both have really, but uh, he really follows her. The film is almost exclusively sort of close-ups of her. Um, she's so beautiful. I've seen these girls. They look gorgeous. They are, especially Exocopolis. Her mouth is like a character in its own right. It just He has all these close-ups of her mouth all the time. Um, and it's incredibly expressive and, and just really interesting. You can't really tear your eyes away from it. Um, the actual French title of the film is The Life of Adele, Chapters 1 and 2. So um, it's about her as a teenager um, and it all starts fairly, you know, normal, what school life is like or how mundane her life is and everything else. And But she's hungry, you can tell, because she's constantly devouring food. There's a scene at the beginning where she's just eating the spaghetti, like, with her hands, you know, sucking on her fingers and licking her knife. And, and she's always eating. There's lots of shots of her eating. So this idea that she's hungry... <laughs> Um, and that she has all these desires is, is sort of explained, you know, really visually, really well. So um, is this some, do a lot of these meals take place at home or does she enjoy yeah. eating out? <laughs> <Ba-bum>, <laughs> well, she does. That. That's the, and that's the thing. That's what she comes to realize. She meets the character, Emma, who's played by Leah Sado, an older woman or a woman at university, um, who, and they have a, a relationship and, uh, and yeah, and it's just a very, probably a pretty straightforward um, coming of age story, understanding your own identity, who you are, you know, what you want in this world. And, um, 
And so it, it's pretty straightforward like that. It's just incredibly well acted, beautifully shot and just very real. You know, I think everyone, anyone who's ever been in a relationship, gay or straight, could, you know, understand these feelings that you have in your first serious relationship. Um, off air, you talked about some of the controversy surrounding the film itself so, rather than how powerful it is as a piece of cinema. Well, exactly. And that's what's run away with the film. We've got away from how beautiful I think the film really is um, to talk about everything else. Um, there is, It's a three-hour long film, which is quite indulgent, but um, there's a 10-minute sex scene in it. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. That would must, just that it must, at the very least, be educational <laughs> as to tell you what ladies get up to when they do it. How many times do you fit it in in ten minutes, mate? <laughs> it's yeah, a well, long time. It's re- well, it's really not. I didn't feel that it was excessive. I didn't sit there going, oh, you know, looking at my watch. <laughs> Uh, for a few reasons, actually, but um, <laughs> no, it, it, it and but having said this, so people say, oh, you've got this very explicit sex scene. Um, it's explicit in terms of, I mean, it's full frontal nudity, and for a film that is no. shot in a lot of close-ups, um, this is actually pulls back and is a wide shot and just very unflinching. It's it's almost sort of like one long shot, you know, you just see it all happen, um, and you know, for those reasons, you might call it graphic, but it's not subversive. Like, the kind of sex they're having isn't subversive in some way. It's just very, you know, it's passionate. It's not boring either. It's 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 really beautiful. I mean, they're in love. It's very simple and straightforward, I think. Do you know what I find interesting? You know, we were talking about Hard Candy earlier very briefly, which deals with, you know, very serious sexual issues. And if there is any kind of subversive or kinky or alternate sex that happens between straight people, and Art House's films are considered incredibly powerful and moving and gritty and raw. But even among gay people we seem to have a very apologist attitude. You know, that's the interview we just had, Jake said, oh, I'd understand if it was in some way inappropriate. You just said it's not in any way subversive, you know, it's a long shot, there aren't that many close-ups. Um, there's all these occasions where we seem to feel the need to apologise or explain away this graphic, you know, same-sex sex for the sake of art, and when we really shouldn't need to at all because it is just that, art. Well, exactly. I, I, no, I agree with you 100%, and... I, I, what I mean is, you know, you've got Fifty Shades of Grey coming out soon. Everyone's talking about that, what a massive success it is and, and all this stuff. And then that's talking about really um, kind of interesting, you might call it subversive, you know, sexual lifestyle, stuff like that. And that becomes fraught with all these opinions on the subjugation of women and, and other things that are really important to talk about and that do get quite complicated and that, you know, you could have lots of different opinions on. I feel with this scene, it is just very straightforward and natural and... Like you said, it's not worth apologising for or, or talking about because it's just two people who are very much in love expressing that. And so for for them to, to go on and on about it I think is interesting. But what fueled um, the flames here also is that the two actresses uh, came out and said that filming this was just horrible. They said it was horrendous. They said that it took 10 days to film the scene um, and they worked 16-hour days and... It was just, uh, you know, he kept getting them to retake and retake. They said that they felt like they were prostitutes, that, you know, um, they, because it's, it's, it is really full on. I can imagine, like, do it again, and yeah. again, and again. Here's <laughs> they the had money, to wear uh, prosthetic vaginas and things like that. Oh, really? Yeah, because it is that, it's that full on, so I, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, anyway. Because, I mean, I've heard, I know Ewan McGregor had a prosthetic um, hoo-ha for his, um, for his bit in his, in what's the name? Um, oh, what if? God, what was the movie? Boogie Nights, he had a prosthetic mm, penis. Mm, yeah. At the end. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they said they didn't like doing it. Then 
um, because this film is actually based on a graphic novel by Julia um, Marrow. Uh, she was very vocal that she thought the scene was ridiculous and that it lacked real lesbians because you know the two actresses aren't really lesbians. You know the director isn't a lesbian. How could they sort of make this film? Um, even you know Margaret and David, you know the at the movies ABC show, you know, she sort of said, "Oh, I feel that when a male director makes um, a, a scene like this." Because it's his gaze, the male gaze, it becomes pornographic. Oh, for goodness sake. Honestly, I feel like... I'm sorry, so sorry to interrupt no. you. Laura Mulvey, <laughs> um, who is a film theorist and critic, uh, she um, coined the phrase the male gaze in the 1970s. And it is such a dated phrase when it comes to film criticism. It has been lampooned and criticised again and again and again because it just does not apply. This story actually reminds me very much of um, uh, something that happened to me when I lived in Canada... And I directed um, a Women's Empowerment Committee's production of the Vagina Monologues for V-Day at the university that I went to, Queen's University in Ontario. And there was a huge piece written about me in the local um, university newspaper, which over there, extracurricular activities are taken very seriously. The whole campus actually, you know, read this very disparaging article on why it was wrong that I was directing women in their own sexuality and in their, in their own bodies because I couldn't possibly know what that was because I don't have, you know, breasts and a vagina and i just thought the human experience of romance and love and like you said earlier this this um coming of age story is just universal and genderless and also to, you know to say that we um that it's it's ridiculous that they weren't real lesbians well that's what the craft of acting is for <laughs> yeah. everybody had it been the other way around you would have given them an oscar because mm -hmm. you know they deigned to play gay when they were actually you know when they're actually straight it's just ridiculous like um, i mean in terms of gender so like brokeback mountain and things like that mm. it's ridiculous it is it is and, and i suppose what i would sum it up by 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 saying is if you can sort of get past all this controversy that's gone around it which i think too to some extent is just um you know it's adding to the cult status of the film it's, mm. it's almost like i feel that's part of the wonderful thing about it is that everyone wants to talk about what the actresses thought about it well, you know they've said they'll never work for kashish again and he's turned around and told them both that if they hadn't grown up uh, you know wrapped in cotton wool they wouldn't even <laughs> you know need to to be upset about it and and all these things like that uh but get past that go and see the film it is really beautiful it's quite sad actually at the end and not that kind of sadness where you get some kind of cathartic resolution yeah there's no bittersweet no you just have to be willing to go i'm sad now and nothing's gonna make it better um and the beauty is you know like you said good. you can relate to that and you can empathize with that in an emotional sense it's as a film viewer thanks michael so um <laughs> michael's done talking about lesbians that like, that's enough lesbians go for away, now go away. Um, yeah, no, as a film viewer, you, you can appreciate that ending. And I think you're absolutely right. If you can just strip away all of this kind of mindless, irrelevant controversy and go and enjoy it as a film, that's what I advise you to do. I have a lot of friends who raved about this film and I will need to see it myself so I can actually speak in an informed sense on the topic. <laughs> yes. And remember Love. that Adele Exocopolis, I'll just add this to, is 19 years old, which is incredible because she's just so talented. Uh, I, I can't wait to see it. I, I do like seeing more challenging, interesting films. So I've, I've heard great things. So thank you very much for your review, Miss Cat. No Love worries. Cat film critic. Kitty cat film critic. <laughs> Yay! Anytime you guys want to send me to the movies. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Totes will. <laughs> we have some quick messages and we'll be back with some music. Some Alicia Keys coming up. Radio advertising on Switch 1197. Switch 1197 is Brisbane's youth alternative community radio station supporting the youth and community of Greater Brisbane. 
very affordable rates, reach Brisbane's youth and families and support the community. Email sales at switch1197.com. Everybody buckles up, except for you. Let's go. You in the back with your girlfriend. <laughs> Suddenly, you crash. And without a seatbelt, you're flying all over the place. You're a killer on the loose. Your head smashes your girlfriend's head with such force she never recovers. Better buckle up. Authorised by the Queensland Government, Brisbane. Spoken by El Gabriel. The dance floor is now open. Brisbane's youth alternative. Switch 1197. The final one was very cute. See the little twist on the end was the one. So you know you've got to you know you've got to get through all these one-dimensional stereotypes to find your one. Ah, but can could one of those stereotypes be your one? Possibly, but then I guess they would, you know, kind of embody more and you'd give them the chance to get to know them better than to just one-dimensionally stereotype them, which is my problem with this video. I see. But Kat, you didn't have too much of a problem with it. I didn't. And I understand your argument, uh, John, that it's it's not fair to, you know, bring up all these stereotypes. And I didn't feel like it would be any different if it was a straight woman saying about the eight men she'd dated and there were eight stereotypical straight, you know, men. Um, so I don't think that you know it doesn't translate, and it's particularly offensive because it's it's about the gay community. I think it's it would translate pretty well. But I also think it's it's something that you know people sort of. I remember them getting upset when Summer Heights High came out because was it really fair the character of Jonah? Like, is it really fair to take a community that's kind of marginalised and parody them? And um, and is that just sort of like against the cause? And I think I don't know. You think this is a cop out? But I think that when it's done for comedy. Okay, look, I it's, understand... There's no maliciousness behind it. I love Chris Lilly, so I'm going to, you know, be a super uh, contradicting, hypocritical person and defend everything he does. I think he's so funny. <laughs> but I think that the, the kind of trick of that is to do the parody so well that it stops being parody and the humour is found in the truth. Now, with this particular example we're talking about, yes, I'm sure we've all met men who may embody some of these traits. And yes, the same video could apply to a heterosexual woman who's met, you know, a, 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 who's gone through a series of bad dates um, with particular one-dimensional types of men. However, I, my problem with this is that gay people um, or people in general watching it are finding it funny as a representation of types of gay men when we are, you know, a relatively rep uh, repressed minority group and that's what's being represented. And my problem is that, you know, the kind of one-dimensional, very, uh, the impression of the very effeminate fag used to be, um, used to be a very common stereotype and now that's deemed offensive. But because we've progressed just enough that we can multiply that stereotype by eight and have different versions of gay, that makes the idea of stereotypes okay and funny because, you know, we've expanded it beyond just one to eight. No, it is still a stereotype. It is still offensive. And, you know, actually we were watching this. I was watching it with my partner and he turned to me and said, oh, that's totally you talking about one of these guys, the revolutionist. And he said, oh, everything that comes out of your mouth is heteronormative bullshit. And like... <laughs> <laughs> Saying this now live on air makes that potentially true, but there's so much more to me in terms of, you know, facets of personality and self and identity um, than that. And I just think if you reduce people to these one-dimensional stereotypes, that that is a very negative but representation. That is the technique. The technique is to reduce these people down to these comedic um, versions of themselves. It's just a form of comedy and a very common one. Yeah, but what difference Across is there the between board. that we, and... We do it to politicians, we do it to... 
you know, we, we, we do it to all kinds of, you know, you know, people that we don't think need protecting, like like politicians or or celebrities or other people that we might parody. But I, I, I just think it's a form of comedy and it's not done with any malicious intent. That may be true, but I would love to live in a world where, you know, equality of representation in various media, so, you know, television, cinema, music, sport, existed to a degree where that, um, that type of comedy would not carry with it any more um, malicious intent potentially um, to do with a very particular sexual identity. I'd love to live in that equal world, but we don't. And I don't think that we can pretend that we do because we'd like to. I'd love for you not to be such a Grinch. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I have my panties in a bit of a knot about this. Um, but I just, you know, I'm humorless, apparently. <laughs> no, but you did laugh. And that's the other thing you have to admit. You said you found it amusing. Oh, look. <laughs> I find a lot of things amusing. I found it amusing because I thought, just not in terms of dating, but I've just seen people like that in so many of those stereotypes. So I was like... Yes, yes, indeed. Like the one with like the ADD, the technology, and the ding, 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 ding. Like, <laughs> like oh, bless, mm. bless modern gays. The ones I find like the, the bloody gym junkie ones. Was that in there as well? I would expect so. Yeah, I think there. Uh, I think he was the competitive guy because he was like too testosterone up and he like threw board games all over the shit, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Because I see them all the time. Like, oh yeah, I'm on Facebook leg day today. I'm like. <laughs> I walk on my legs every day. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> we only want to hear about your visit to the gym if it involved you coming flying off the treadmill and smashing your nose up and embarrassing yourself terribly. If that didn't happen, then we don't want to hear about it. Yeah. It, it's just, like, gym? I don't Those gays and their one-dimensional them. stereotypes of, you know, working out, shocking. <laughs> I don't run unless I'm being chased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless it. Love it. Love it. Well, um... What's the time? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? We are almost done for the night. Well, we still have to talk about either some anti-gay uh, law in Kansas or some anti-gay law in Nigeria because both of those are prevalent oh. issues. Um, and, you know, clearly things that are anti-gay get my goat. So, <laughs> oh, you know, what? I was actually going to I was thinking that we should end on something a little bit happy. Oh, you want you want to go with something light in this in this world of like serious trauma <laughs> and issues that just are happening internationally on a global scale to the gay community. But he's not humorless. He's not a Grinch. <laughs> he's not. We get... I'm such a bad person oh look we'll give it we'll give it equal share we got a two we'll wrap up with two stories for the night before we take it away um and they are both equally bad and look um look i'm gonna go with uh with nigeria because i don't think enough attention has been going to what's been going on in nigeria Uh, and it does get under my goat and it makes me very very sad um, and in this one, it was a mob of, of men armed with wooden clubs and iron bars screaming that they were going to cleanse their neighborhood in Nigeria's capital of gay people, dragged 14 young men from their beds, assaulted them on Saturday. Absolutely devastating. Um, yeah, I heard about this. It's appalling. Yeah, and in Nigeria, this is the country where they are outlawing homosexuality. Like, they are driving people into the closet. Like, you know... Um, death penalties and all sorts of things are in place for people for being gay. It mm. is revolting. But the standards they use to prove that you are gay are just ridiculous as well. Yeah, it's just... I, it's, oh, I, it's bad enough that they're so discriminative, but it's even worse that it's just a, a matter of someone saying, oh, you're gay, and then you can be dragged through the street, taken to the police station and run out of town with no in, with no proof. It's enshrined in law, um, and again, not to be apologist, it shouldn't be happening to anyone, but it's enshrined in law that if you are gay or suspected of being gay. So even if you're straight, the suspicion 
that you could be gay is enough for you to be breaking the law by your own existence and to justify um, very violent uh, thuggish British behavior by the authorities um, to um, that is just completely covered over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it's, it's more evidence too of how um, you know legislation and, and government opinions that they place on things can then influence the public. You know, you start outlawing these things and you put that attitude out there and the public can suddenly think they can start taking the law into their own hands and going and, and assaulting people. Yeah, yeah. And not to be offensive, but um, Africa in particular um, has a, a very high rate of um, vigilante justice. Um, so if these things are enshrined in law, you're basically giving the public a license to attack gay people in the street and get away with it. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is justifying um, and decriminalizing brutality. Mm. Which is what has happened here. They they dragged fourteen men from their homes and beat them with clubs and took them to the police station, where nothing was done. I think I heard that actually the police arrested them for causing trouble. Um, they arrested the fourteen to... men that had been dragged out of their homes, yes, not they... the vigilantes. Yes, they did. Yeah, I would need to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that the victims were actually arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not the people that beat them up. It's horrendous. Um, and look, I um uh, and. I did want to cover our last topic because we talked about the start of the night, and I think it's interesting in in comparison. Um, you know, in Nigeria, you have the public or you perceive public opinion of government officials and whatnot, where you know it is then making people you know be put in the closet. It's illegal to be gay, and then we flip over to America, which is an interesting state. And what we talked about at the beginning of the show was the American Idol contestant, who's the first person who's openly gay. Um, and where you have a, a country where you are slowly starting to get more gay rights, you are seeing more people able to be openly stepping forward in the media and not having to be ashamed of, of who they are. And actual, um, you know, mainstream organisations that you know in the past have shied away from associating themselves with um, you know homosexuality and gay rights, even though it is becoming law, are now stepping forward. And it's about this contestant. Um, she was in the latest season of American Idol after. 13 seasons, she's the first person to step forward and actually acknowledge her homosexuality and have the people there acknowledge it. Like, they don't have to put that in. They could edit her out saying she's a lesbian, but it's in there. This is um, very similar to the story that we discussed last week about the AFL player who came out before he was um, selected for the team, which meant that, you know, his career was not yet safe and secure. I think this is fantastic that she's being judged hopefully on artistic merit the cynic in me would suggest that after 13 seasons of american idol they may be scraping for ratings in any way they can um and i would really hope that that's not the case because i know that its ratings have been going down and i wouldn't like the idea um of of an openly gay contestant before she's been selected to be used as a ratings booster however it is very very um positive that she that that she's felt comfortable enough to come out this early on and that it's been um aired on television um, the other thing I want to say very quickly is that four people have already changed their cover pictures to the Brisbane Queer Film Festival picture that Jake um, mentioned earlier. We are going to ensure that this picture um, becomes visible all over Brisbane, whether it is actually um, demonstrated on billboards or not. Just since we've been on air, I know four people alone who've changed it. So please As change your I. cover picture. We're up yeah. to eight. We're up to eight people, and I'm uh, sure there's more of you out there. It's so actually, do it. It started rolling. Um, I've had over 25 people have started sharing over at my end. We're flying on Twitter. Jump on Twitter. <sighs> Twitter, it's hashtag Brisbane any gay. 
um, which is a spin on the new Brisbane slogan, which has been Brisbane any day. A lot of outraged people are getting on there and they want to know what's going on and why. I'm going to try and find some more answers. I'll be in contact with Jake tonight um, and I'm going to try and get some stuff running in the morning. We'll uh, have this podcast up and live as soon as possible. Uh, Make sure you jump online, sign up to our podcast and subscribe. Open your iTunes on your phone or your computer. Show us how much you love this show. Get behind it. Um, Make it happen more. Get it out there and spread the word because... these beautiful people opposite me help make this show. Uh, if you want to be part of this show or this station as well, uh, we air on Switch 1197. You can go to the website, switch1197.com. Sign up, become a member. It's only 20 bucks. Uh, help you support this station. Keep it running because we all work for free around here. The love of the job. Um, and you could possibly sign up and have your own show or contribute to our show or any other show at the station. So show the support and head over to the uh, Switch 1197 Facebook page as well. As always, shoot us a tweet at Gay Savvy or the uh, Switch 1197 Twitter feed as well as at Switch 1197. That's all for this week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week. And coming up next is going to be the Forgotten Years. Uh, I'm Michael James. Carrot. And John. We'll see you next week. <laughs>